Who's Walking Into The Office is a podcast about the changing faces showing up at work, how they got there, what gets in the way, and what we can do as a business community to make things better. Up first, Lanx Talent. My name is Josuel Plasencia. I'm the co-founder and COO of Forefront. Our product, Carmen AI, is a career assistant for college students that guides them through the entire job search process. Before Forefront, I was on the other side. I was raised by a single mother in Queens, New York, growing up low income as a person of color and the first in my family to graduate high school. I faced tremendous challenges when interviewing and obtaining employment at some of America's top companies, from Accenture to Goldman Sachs. That's why work matters so much to me. The demographics of the workplace are changing rapidly, and today there are more diverse faces in the workplace than ever before in American history. That said, the challenges in the workplace that come with this change continue to persist. Today we sit down with Carolina Janicelli, a managing partner at JP Morgan Chase. Recently, Carolina was named by Fortune magazine as one of the top 50 most powerful Latinas in business. So let's get right to it, Carolina. The concept of covering up is very prevalent within Latino workers. In fact, the data from the Harvard Business Review shows that over three-fourths of Latinos cover up at work. Why? So I'm glad this came up uh, because that was my journey. And, and I don't know if the journey uh, exists along a sort of chronological continuum of cultural evolution. Um, so perhaps in the 2020s, the pressure to conform might be lowered. In my experience, the journey had to do with my own growth and my own um, development of strength and conviction uh, about my background and the fact that I am Latinx. Uh, I actually wrote an article about this um, that uh, is titled, For Me, Inclusion Was an Inside Job, because I um, was so much in that uh, cover-up mode that you described uh, that um, I really was um, so completely terrified, frankly, of, of being myself. Uh, and by that, uh, I meant, I, I mean, um, I was so afraid, or, or actually it wasn't that I was afraid. I was so compelled to learn about um, the, the activities and the lifestyle and the things that my majority colleagues talked about and cared about and tried to weave my life into their stories, whether it was authentic or not. And I did it because I felt that um, it was that that's what inclusion meant. I literally interpreted inclusion as, you know, inserting yourself into that community. Um, but over time, I, I realized that um, I was misinterpreting the concept of inclusion. The concept of inclusion is to join the conversation, is to claim your seat at the table and contribute your ideas and your perspective and help that community evolve in a more diverse way. 
So what I was actually doing by trying to conform was I was actually reducing the diversity of the dialogue. I was actually reducing the diversity of ideas and perspectives because I was joining the existing echo chamber. So I completely flipped it on its head and I realized that my ability to contribute with innovative ideas and with a differentiated perspective was about integrating by being myself, by adding a different color, a different texture, a different point of view to the conversation and creating a a new whole as a result of that. And it took many years of just building my confidence, building my skill set, building my credibility. And the tipping point for me came when I realized that based on skill and hard work, I had taken my career as far as it could go. I, at that time, I was probably, I, I might have been recently promoted to managing director. Maybe I was an executive director, which it was sort of the, you know, the preceding, um, you know, phase. But it just hit me that my technical skills and my work ethic, ethic had carried the load of my success as far as it would go. And that any incremental success in my career was going to depend on my ability to build relationships with people that were different than me and to build authentic, true relationships with people that were different than me. Because all those potential sponsors, all those heads of teams that I needed to connect with in order to continue to get opportunities to grow were primarily Caucasian men by definition, because, the, you know, we still have most leadership roles uh, in, in, you know, occupied by Caucasian men. So for me to continue to grow, I needed to truly learn how to build authentic relationships with these managers. And, you know, people at very senior levels get there for a reason. They're very savvy. They're very, very sharp. They have excellent people skills. And my quote unquote passing for not being Latinx was just not cutting it. There was a veneer. I was just overly polite, overly um, rehearsed. And I just was finding that we were just not bonding. We We weren't connecting. And I just got to the point where if I wasn't willing to make myself vulnerable and just trust that I was good enough just the way I was, then just trust that by being myself, I would find a genuine point of connection with these people, I wasn't going to grow. So I just went for it because I just felt that, you know, I just couldn't continue uh, to just be the super talented, super productive person that, you know, was, was great, but nobody really understood or felt they, they got to really know. And not surprisingly, it absolutely unleashed a whole new level of, of growth and, uh, and relationship building and just my life professionally and personally, frankly, absolutely flourished because what I didn't expect would happen is that I just felt so much better about myself because I wasn't hiding. Like 
it just enhanced my self-confidence, my self-worth. It enhanced my spontaneity, the freedom with which I had conversations with people. And so that's why I, as I wrote in that article, I truly believe that inclusion is an inside job because we need to give ourselves permission to be ourselves. And that's how we integrate into the community. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. You have throughout your career demonstrated a tremendous amount of courage. So that's where I want to go next. How do we build some of that courage that is obviously very needed to survive in these environments? So I'll I'll share three things. The first has to do with really taking responsibility and ownership over developing a really strong and impactful skill set. So whatever field you're in, read about it, talk to people in it, identify role models that are performing at the level that you, uh, that is, is, is considered, you know, the, the top performance, people that you look up to, people that you, um, that you want to emulate, own that. Absolutely become the best that you can be in your field. Nothing can replace talent, um, impact, and really owning the, the, the technical skills that will help you um, do your job and do it exceedingly well. Because when you walk into the office, uh, whether you're Latinx or not, you need to build credibility, you need to build your brand. And when you're starting out, the essence of your brand is your work product. And so out of the gate, focus on that. Uh, and that is a core uh, building block of confidence. I would say uh, the second recommendation is make space in your life for the things that fill your spirit. For example, I love art. I love reading about art. I love looking at art. My graduate degree is actually in art history. Uh, and I got that um, on a part-time basis while I worked at J.P. Morgan. I didn't go get an MBA. Um, I decided I wanted to spend time reading and learning about something that I am passionate about, which is art. And feeding my, my spirit and my mind with art energizes me. And we really can't be compelling. We really can't be leaders if we don't have energy. If we don't have dynamism, positivism, the things that make you an interesting person, happy to be alive, we need to hone that and we need to make time and space in our life for the things that make us who we are, that bring us joy, energy, and motivate us to keep going. So absolutely, uh, I would say that's just as important as developing your skill set. And then the third thing I'll recommend is actually meditation. I have a meditation practice. I meditate every day. I go on meditation retreats. And I actually um, will say that meditation was critical in building that courage to be myself uh, and, um, and to let go of the need to try to pass as, um, as somebody who I'm not. 
And I'll tell you why. The essence of meditation is learning how to be in the moment without judgment. So when you're having a conversation with a manager who's different than you, who might be intimidating, what can derail you from being yourself and what can derail you from being thoughtful and impactful in that conversation is your mind traveling to some place where you're judging what you're saying, what you're not saying. Um, if I say this, will they think that? Oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Um, I, who am I talking to this person? They're so important. Um, no, your head will trip you up every single time. But if you learn how to be in the moment, if you are present in that conversation with curiosity and with very with the intention of being productive and being helpful and being present, you actually can be yourself. And you will actually have um, the ability to be creative and to be curious and to actually have a human connection because you're actually paying attention to the person in front of you as opposed to getting tripped up by insecurities, which by the way, happens to all of us. But meditation has helped me train, train my mind and helped me learn how to be in the moment so that I can actually have better interpersonal relationships. Um, and of course, that's essential uh, for a successful career. Thank you, Carolina. Going back to the Latino identity, I would love to get your thoughts around the diversity of what it means to be Latino. We know that the Latinx identity, the Hispanic identity, the Latino identity, as you can see even by the words, is not monolithic. So there's many identities within, whether it's different nationalities, immigration, language, etc. So just really curious to get your thoughts around the dynamics at play with such a wide spectrum of cultures within one culture, you can say. The, the fact that we as a demographic are multicultural, multinational, um, multilingual is, um, I, I, I think it's, it just kind of is what it is. And, and I, I think if anything, uh, it might pose a bit of a challenge amongst ourselves to sort of come together as a demographic um, to support each other and to collaborate more. Um, one thing I've learned just uh, in my current role and um, coming across um, Latinx individuals that could be clients of our firm is that in that community, um, they've actually oftentimes also try to minimize the fact that they're Latinx and, and just sort of focus on their businesses, et cetera, because somehow they, they, they expect that it will disadvantage them in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, so the fact that it's, that it's not homogeneous, I think is more of a, of a reality for us as a community to reflect upon and to actually recognize that as a cohort, uh, if we come together, we can have greater political and economic power and be better advocates for our community. Um, and in the workplace, 
that translates into embracing opportunities to connect with uh, other Latinx colleagues, again, uh, through employee resource groups um, and other um, opportunities to just get to know each other and um, help each other out. My personal experience being uh, Latina um, has definitely evolved over time. I've definitely been underestimated out of the gate simply because of my background and my gender, frankly, because I think if you're a woman, you have that additional layer of um, stereotypes and, and sort of, you know, gender discrimination to deal with. So it has been pretty typical for me to be in a situation where I am clearly being underestimated um, and I and there's a whiff of condescension in, in some of the conversations. Um, what I've learned over time is that um, being underestimated um, can be a weakness if you actually believe it and you let it limit your own thinking about your potential. Or it can actually be an advantage because people set a low bar and then you obviously crush it and they think you're a rock star <laughs> and, and you obviously then can be a change maker in, in completely resetting bar, the bar and expectations. My word of advice would be, you know, don't fall into being underestimated, use it to your advantage and build on that. Um, the other thing I've noticed, um, again, as a, as a Latina, is that I, I have certainly um, achieved um, uh, quite a bit career-wise. Um, I will say that uh, oftentimes it has felt, and, and even looking back, um, it, it is, I, I, I have had to probably run twice as hard to get half as far. And that is just the reality of the system. And um, sometimes it, it, um, there are opportunities to sort of bypass that based on, the, on what relationships you build. But I, I definitely do think that if you're going to go into the corporate world, you can't let that throw you off. You can't let that crush you. You have to just be aware that you that there's an elephant in the room and you just need to understand how it moves. But for every one step that elephant takes, you're going to have to take five or six, sometimes 10 steps to get to the same corner of the room. And that is the other side of this, which is the evolution of the system, the evolution of the culture, um, which will happen slowly. Um, but which we can't rely on. Again, this is all an inside job from, from my perspective. Absolutely. And that has real effects in the workplace where there are only a finite number of openings, where there are only a finite number of promotions. You know, I have a, a, a senior role at this firm, um, but I will tell you that on average, I'm a, I'm a few years older than some of my Caucasian male observation. Um, it might actually also have to do with the fact that I'm an immigrant. So maybe we call that the triple whammy. Um, and I really didn't have a net. And I had to kind of build that from scratch. Whereas if you're not an immigrant, 
you you might have a couple of people at different points in your career sort of help you accelerate your progression a little more. Um, so parse it out. I couldn't tell you how much of those factors are influenced by the fact that I'm a woman or a Latina or an immigrant. But at the end of the day, my background has been a huge asset because I have had to develop ninja skills that have given me the creativity and the agility to problem solve and to look into the future and make really good business decisions, which have been critical to how I've built my career by building and running different businesses at this firm. So again, are they, are they obstacles or are they assets? Um, I actually think that um, having to, to solve for that, having those constraints has ultimately helped me develop a deeper skill set, which I, I now uh, appreciate and has been central to my success. Thank you, Carolina. Final question. What is one piece of advice that you have for the next generation of talent that's walking into the office? So leaders with the uh, ability to embrace change, with the ability to appreciate different points of view, uh, leaders that have true curiosity about uh, those different points of view, those are the leaders that will be rewarded. Those are the leaders that will build companies that create value for decades to come. Embracing change with curiosity is the mother of innovation, full stop. And so as Latinx professionals, we are a critical element to that formula. Literally any American company that doesn't integrate the Latinx perspective into their plans for the future, for their present, frankly, is not going to get very far. The Latinx community represents 18% of the population in this country. We are responsible for roughly 20 to 25% of GDP growth in this company. Collectively, we generate a, G a GDP of over $2 trillion a year. We are the future uh, and value today one of every four Gen Z children in American schools is Latinx. So we are actually uh, in a position to lead, to influence, and we're absolutely essential voices uh, for the shaping and the designing of the future of business and work in this country. So let's occupy our space, let's use our voice at the table, and let's get excited because there's a lot of opportunity ahead. A lot indeed. Thank you, Carolina. All right. Fantastic.